We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by Prize Bank. Up next, the latest on the Missouri Tigers from KCSN, which features multiple shows each week with Border War with former Missouri forward Jarrett Sutton and former Jayhawks guard Jeff Hawkins. And Mizzou, that's who, with insider Gabe DeArmond, Maggie Johnson, and Tucker Franklin. The latest news, the top stories, and an insider perspective to keep you in the know. Make sure to follow us on your new home for Missouri Tigers podcast, KCSN. And now, the latest on Mizzou Athletics. Welcome, everybody, to the Border War Podcast on Kansas City Sports Network. We are presented by 360 Vodka. My name is Jared Sutton. I have a special guest today on the podcast. I do want to start uh, by mentioning Jeff Hawkins, uh, who I know a lot of people have asked uh, about him not being on a few pods. Um, he lost his mother last week, uh, was able to attend the funeral services over the weekend. Uh, Jeff's taking some time. Um, as as we all know, Jeff's a, a, a face in Kansas City, particularly in the basketball circles of Kansas City. Um, great guy, uh, great family, and um, you know, it's going through a lot with the passing of his mom. Uh, services were were tremendous and um, really reflected on on Jeff's mom's uh, just life and career as a teacher and an educator. Um, so uh, I would just say to, to continue to keep Jeff Hawkins and his family uh, in your prayers. Without further ado, I've been looking forward to this uh, for for a while. I've been I've been uh, texting with with Ricky. Got to see Ricky Paulding at uh, the Iowa State game for Alumni Weekend. But before I make the proper introductions, I just want to walk through uh, Ricky your your career here. That uh, starts in Detroit, which I want to get into of just kind of how you started your basketball career. Uh, you were drafted fifty fourth in the two thousand four NBA draft. You played at Mizzou from two thousand to two thousand four. Uh, four great years at Mizzou uh, that I really kind of grew up with Mizzou basketball when I was a kid being here in Kansas City. Uh, you were 2003 second team, all Big 12 selection. Uh, there's a couple games that really pop in my mind I want to get into. Uh, but first off, uh, welcome to the podcast and congratulations on a, on a great career. Thanks, man. Glad to be here, man. So let's let's get started. You're, you're from, from Detroit. Um, I want to start there of just kind of like your high school basketball career, um, you know, when it really clicked for you that, you know, you had a chance to play in college, what was your recruitment like? And then ultimately why Mizzou is, is my first question. Okay. Um, I guess if we start back from the, from the beginning, uh, just from high school, 
I went to like a, a smaller school in, in Detroit. I've always played basketball. It's the only sport I really, really played. Um, and uh, I knew I always wanted to go to college. So the, the school I went to is Renaissance High School, and it's more geared towards academics. And uh, they have sports, but it wasn't known at the time. Um, and I always just wanted to go there. I wanted to go to college, and I figured that was that was one of the best ways to get there. And uh, happened to be a good basketball player, so I I was on varsity as a freshman. Didn't play a lot, uh, you know. Got beat up, got pushed around a little bit during the games, but um, it was a good experience. And then so, you know, after two years, I started my sophomore year, and then the, my junior year, we got a new coach who was he was an assistant coach at. Uh, a big school, Detroit Persian High School, um, in in Detroit, and uh, he he also went to Renaissance. So he was a a good player at Renaissance. And he came back, and he was the not one of the first ones, but he was the first guy to show me what it takes to be a good player, not only for our team, but but to go on and play at college. And then everybody saw the talent, but he was the first one to say, "Hey, you got to do this, you got to do that," and kind of had me constantly in the gym. And, uh, so my junior year was, it was okay. It was an experiment because I was tall. And so before that I was kind of playing maybe like a four, four position. And he was the first person to like put the ball in my hand and make me a guard. And, uh, people around the city didn't think that was a good idea. So, you know, so I was turning the ball over and, you know, I had some good games, but it was like a lot of games where I was turning the ball over and, you know, just making bad decisions, but he, you know, he stuck with it. Had a really, really good summer, play AAU, play with the family, um, made a name for myself at, back then it was the Nike All-American Camp. Um, and that's kind of where like my recruiting and stuff kind of happened, just playing AAU, had some good games. Uh, like I said, did well at Nike Camp. And then I came back my senior year, we were we were one of the best teams in the, in the city. And that says a lot for us because we were a small school and nobody really ever heard of. And I won a city championship, um, did all these recruiting things started happening. Um, my top choices were, I think, Michigan State, Ohio State, Miami, and then Missouri came in there. And uh, I knew I wanted to get away from home. So that's why I kind of shot away from Michigan State. And uh, it was basically between Miami, who at the time the coach was Leonard Hamilton. And so we went down there at a good time and it was between Miami and Missouri Miami I was just like I don't think I can get anything done down here like it's gonna, <laughs> that's gonna be too much fun right and um the the guy that recruited us was a guy named Tony Harvey he's from Big Harbor Michigan so he was at uh Eastern Michigan University when I was like young so he he was recruiting me even before people you know, knew about me or whatever. So we used to go to Eastern Michigan and, you know, he'd always take us to the games and stuff. And once he got to Missouri, you know, he started recruiting us hard. I say us, uh, Arthur Johnson was like my AAU teammate. And he, my high school coach was his assistant coach. So his first two years he had AJ. And then the last two years he had me and he kind of put us together and we play AAU together. And, you know, AJ just became like my best friend. And then we just, we decided that we wanted to play, we wanted to go to school together. Yep. And, uh, you know, out of all the choices, I think Michigan State was close, but they wanted me, but they had Zach Randolph. So that wouldn't work for AJ. And there were some other schools in there. Missouri was like the perfect, 
the perfect fit for both of us. Um, our parents felt confidence because they knew Tony Harvey, he was going to take care of us. Um, they knew we were going to be together. And so we, uh, yeah, we decided to, to go to Missouri. Once we had that home visit with, with coach Q and he was, uh, moving furniture around and showing us all these pivots and all these things. And, um, you know, that was, that sealed the deal for me. So now, yeah, I, I know you'll, you'll be humble with this. Cause I, I was looking at your, your senior year of high school at the Renaissance and 25 points a game, 12 rebounds a game on a 27 win team. That's a heck of a senior year right yeah. there. <laughs> I, I mean, was, what was your high school games like? What was it packed gyms and, you know, kind of Detroit basketball too, at that time. I mean, we've talked about this Willie green. Uh, yeah. Oh, man. Orleans. I know he's a guy that, that you looked up to, but I've heard some great stories of just high school ball in Detroit, especially with Michigan, Michigan State, and all those schools that are kind of hodgepodge near Detroit. There's a lot of talent there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the high school games were were like my first my first two years. We were in a, like a bigger conference with bigger schools, and so it was like the the kind of schools that had the traditional basketball team. Like we, like I said, we played against Willie Green and and him, and they beat up on us and um a lot of those schools and so like those games are always always packed and i remember for me it's different now because uh varsity plays at in the evening but in detroit you got to play right after school because you know you you don't want the fights and all that stuff it gets kind of crazy especially with the rivals and all things so we always play right after school and so like as soon as the bell rang like the school was like packed with gym i mean packed with people and um everybody even for us like we weren't good at the time, so nobody wanted to see us. They wanted to see the teams that we were playing. They wanted to see Willie and those guys. Uh, but my, like, we got a buzz my my junior year, but my senior year, like, we were, you know, everybody knew that everybody was excited to see us because, you know, they they watched us play in the summer. Um, they heard this buzz about uh, Detroit Renaissance. A lot of those guys, people knew my coach's name is Mark White from when he was a player and as a coach. And they were wondering who's this this skinny kid, Ricky Paulding, that nobody ever heard of, was putting all these numbers up. So, um, yeah, the games were packed. And it was a lot of fun. So I, I enjoyed my high school career. All right, let's let's uh, let's take the the turn to Mizzou. You arrive on on campus in Columbia, Coach Q. Um, what was your kind of expectation like going into it as a freshman and? You know, were there, there learning curves along the way? Were, was there an expectation you had going into it? Or I'm just curious. I always like to ask, like, especially when you're a freshman, you, you think you might know what, what yeah. you're doing and then you don't. How was uh, how was that for you? Well, for me, it was, at first I was like, okay, I'm a freshman. You know, I'm going to kind of ease my way. And I'm going to, you know, there was Kareem there, um, Clarence Gilbert. So I knew those guys would say, okay, I'm going to, you know, find some time behind them. What messed me up is, so Arthur Johnson, uh, he got to start because he was he just dominated in practice. Like he was just obviously he was the the best player. And then Wesley Stokes got to play a lot yeah. too. And so I came in with those guys. I'm saying, okay, like, you know, maybe I can get in. Maybe I am better than Kareem and Clarence. And I found out soon that I was not. Like Kareem was just so smooth and just like a pro from the beginning. And then uh Clarence was just so competitive and uh you didn't see it a lot because he was a shooter but he was super athletic and strong and and could handle the ball can do all these amazing things and i quickly uh 
solid and I wasn't, I wasn't quite ready for, for college yet, but it was, uh, humbling for me, but also like I, I, you know, wanted to be Kareem shadow. Like I wanted to do everything he was doing, um, watch how he prepared for the game, watch how he, you know, worked on his craft. And, um, I wanted to get Clarence's mentality because he was so tough and he could just turn it on in practice. Like some days he, um, he didn't really want to practice or he was kind of, kind of coasting a little bit. And some days he was just so intense and on it and, um, killing everybody in practice. And I wanted that. And I, I kind of fed off that. And so those guys were really good mentors for me. Um, they had my back and, and kind of, kind of showed me the way. And then I remember, uh, at one point in my freshman year, Kareem got hurt. He broke his wrist or something. And I had to start. My first start was, uh, University of Texas on the road and I uh, had to guard a guy named Maurice Evans. Maurice Evans is like built like a house. And I remember the first play of the game, I tried to box him out and he just grabbed me by the shoulders, just threw me on the ground and we lost that game. And then that was like, I think coach Q played that clip like six times in a row. Like what name do I Ricky? That was one of the moments like, man, like he really just he really just threw me to the ground. That was just like a freshman moment or whatever. But from that moment, I kind of worked on my body and I knew I wanted to get stronger and be, be built like Maurice Evans. That's the, uh, that's the welcome to college moment probably, right? Yeah, for sure. That was definitely mine. I'm a good player, but, uh, now I know, now I know what I got to do yeah. in the off season. So I don't want to, you know, look too far ahead, but you're, you're a 12, you were 1200 point score, 300 rebounds, you know, college. But I, I felt like, you know, your junior year really after your junior year, the, the Marquette game is going to jump out. Right. And that's, that's what I want to dive into. Um, just because, you know, you had an unbelievable performance against Dwayne, the Dwayne Wade Marquette teams with Travis Diener, uh, those guys like no, that was a really solid team. And I remember that NCAA tournament game, um, you putting up 37 and hitting nine threes, right? Like that's a performance that, uh, that I'll forever remember in terms of one of the best moments in an NCAA tournament game for a Missouri tiger. That's when you probably had some decisions to make though, in terms of the draft, in terms of, yes. and, and I know you elected to come back to school, you know, what was kind of that whole, just not even just the game too, but just that whole period of time. I mean, that that's a lot to take on and you, you have a great college game, probably your best college game you had. And then you're making some decisions about your future. Yeah, that was looking back. That was a, a really tough decision. Uh, if I'm being honest, prior decisions, I probably would have made a different decision at the time. But um, I just like I always tell everybody, I love being in college. Like I enjoy the college experience. I, you know, I I like the team we had, and um, I had a really good junior year. And even then, though, like the NBA and it wasn't even on my mind. Like it wasn't even radar. Like my whole college career, I was like, okay, I'm gonna go four years. We're going to do this. And it was always me, AJ and Trayvon, you know, Wesley left us. Um, he left, I think my junior year or whatever. So it was me, AJ, Trayvon, we, you know, we wanted to stay together at Josh Cronkey. And uh, I remember Indianapolis was special because it's close to Detroit. So a lot of our family and friends got to come. And I didn't play well. I think the first game was uh, Selle, Illinois. And uh, I didn't play that well. And I just knew I wanted to to come out and make a statement. And we played against Dwayne, Dwayne Wade a lot growing up with T. 
Detroit and Chicago being so close together. And it was just, just from the first shot, it was just one of those moments I knew that I was going to have a good game. And I just kept shooting and it kept going in. And it was a battle both ways. Um, I just remember in overtime, like, we were like, okay, like, I think Steve Novak was a freshman. We're like, this freshman's going to come in. He's going to shoot it. Don't let him shoot it. And I think he hit like three straight threes, three straight possessions. And uh, Travis Dino was great. And it was like, oh, man. But after the game, I think I got asked immediately like, what I'm going to do. And I, I wasn't prepared. I was like, okay, I'm, I'm going back to school. I don't know. And then my coach, Mark Wyatt, I was like, why did you say that? Or whatever. I was like, I don't know. I don't know what I'm saying. All right. like, I just, that's what I had in my mind. But um, it was, I think it was just me not knowing and understanding the draft process and uh, when it's a good time to go out and when it's a good time to, to stay. And, um, but definitely after that, we made some decisions and talked it over with our families. And um, for me, the decision was I was coming back from my senior year. We had AJ was coming back, Trayvon. We had uh, four seniors. We had a uh, kid, Linus Claza coming in. I think we had Thomas Gardner. So on paper, we had Jimmy. We had on paper, we had a really, really good team that could do something special. And that's that's what I was thinking. I was thinking more about let's go, let's come back for my senior year and do something special and kind of, um, you know, build on the success we had the previous year. Not thinking about my draft status and how that all fluctuates. And um, so that's why I said, like, if knowing what I know now, I probably would have made a, a different decision back then, but. Um, it's all it's all paid off for me in the end. You're listening to the fastest growing sports media network in Kansas City, KC Sports Network. We'll be back right after this. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Entertain, educate, inform. KC Sports Network. I uh, I forgot about Steve Novak too on that team. Another great, great oh man, it's a, it's a great name to, to go look back on what career he had. Um, I had a chance to spend some time with Jason Conley this summer, and we he was sharing some stories about just how 
how smart Coach Q was from uh, just the basketball knowledge and his work ethic and how he taught the game. Um, I know you probably think it's no surprise that, you know, he ended up getting into the NBA level and being one of the best NBA coaches um, that there that there is in, in the NBA. Um, what's kind of your your thoughts on playing for Coach Q and, and what's it like to see him on an NBA bench and just to see his transformation too of kind of starting back over and, and going to the D League at the time and going over East, being on a bench and then being one of the most recognized coaches and, and taking the Utah Jazz where they went? Um, I had a lot of fond memories from Coach Q. Just um, what I enjoyed most about Coach Q is when we talked about things other than basketball. Like he's a very, very smart dude. Um, and I remember like we would have like Big Twelve Media Day, and we'd be, you know, traveling together. We would always just have all these conversations that that wasn't about basketball. And uh, you know, I like I love talking to him about his experience with. Uh, playing for Coach K, and uh, I think before Mizzou, he was briefly in the NBA with like Larry Brown, and just like what he learned from all these coaches and how he kind of developed his style. Definitely wasn't surprised that he had the success that he that he did. Um, I knew he was always a good coach. That's funny watching some of the the games. You would see some of the looks that he gives the players. And I'm like, yeah, like I've I've had that look before. Like I've seen that before. I know what he's thinking. Um, yeah, just, but just the way that he persevered and, you know, his Mizzou career didn't end the way he wanted to, I'm sure. But, uh, and just like you said, him going to the G league and, um, you know, went in there and, uh, I think one time he was in like Russia, like we, we've always kind of stayed in touch. And I remember when he was in Russia, we kind of talked a little bit and, uh, and there's just seeing him flourish with the Utah jazz. It's just just amazing and uh, unfortunately I was always overseas so I never got to watch him you know live when he was in Utah but uh, just staying up to watch some of the games and just seeing him on the on the on the court was amazing and just I don't know like he's he's my coach but I was always proud like I played for him or whatever and so that's I'm always happy to say that I played for for Quinn Snyder now I uh, I enjoyed talking with you at the the alumni weekend. Just I had forgot that that you were you were in Hertz for your career, lot yeah. Mizzou Arena. And my first experience in in Hertz, my first Mizzou game was watching you play in, in those Kansas games. Um, I I always tell people too that that didn't get a chance maybe to experience Hertz before Mizzou Arena. That place used to get rowdy and loud. I mean, it was one of the loudest environments that, that I can remember being in as a kid. Um, what was it like playing in, in old Hearns? Um, and just what what's are there any memories or games that jump out? I mean, you had so many highlight reel dunks and moments that Mizzou fans can look back on, but is there any that jump out to you uh, of just great memories that you have? Um, I think the first one was when I was a freshman, we played Iowa State, and I think it was like four overtime game or something like that. And I probably played all like I played for like two minutes in that game. <laughs> it was just <laughs> I think Clarence played like some ridiculous amount of minutes and uh, Kareem, and so I remember that game, and that was uh, and just like the crowd, like they they never left, they never you know wavered in support, and I remember that experience. Uh, I remember my junior year playing like I think we played Oklahoma State it was another game where I think Oklahoma State was kind of ranked 
top 10 yeah. or something. They were coming to us and that was another overtime game where we kind of went back and forth. Um, and just the Hurts crowd was just amazing. They've always been amazing. And, uh, you know, it's nice to see that Mizzou play well now and they can, some of the guys can experience something like that in, at Mizzou Arena. It's a little bit bigger uh, venue, but I enjoyed my time playing at Hurts. It was something special. Um, you felt like that history of, all those teams before us with with Norm Stewart and the some of the great players that played there, like you kind of feel that in that that building. And uh, I'm honored to be the last kind of the last class to play in there. Yep. So let's fast forward. Then you, you go through you know your your senior year and enter the draft. Uh, you get drafted. Um, I always tell people if you're a draft pick, you know, in the NBA in the second round. You're a hell of a player. It's 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 so tough to make it in the NBA. Um, you know, especially just now too. There's just limited spots, and you know, it, it all depends on opportunity. You get drafted by the Pistons. Um, just take us through like the those first few years after Mizzou, because you know, then your your career you know just goes off of the rails in just a great way when you go overseas and you become. You know the player you became in Germany uh, for so many years to play up until you know you, what a twenty-year pro career or something like that. Um, that was uh, that. That's that's kind of what jumps out to me is what was it like to get your pro career started off the ground after college? Uh, it was amazing, like to be drafted uh, by the Detroit Pistons, my hometown team, team I grew up watching. Um, to have that moment with my family and my friends and people that. Uh, supporting me from the beginning that was that was a very special moment and uh unfortunately it wasn't you know i think they had won a championship that year so uh, me coming back to that that team they had a lot of a lot of guys that um they didn't have a lot of room for a rookie and so i decided to go overseas and uh my first year was in jerusalem and that was a great experience it's such a the team Papa Well that I played for I had a really really rich history, um, and it was it was basketball, but the, the environment and the fans were kind of sort of like the environment that I experienced in college. Um, very small arenas and really hectic, uh, loud, crazy fans with flares and all these things. But um, for me, it was it was fun. Like I was I was getting an opportunity to play basketball for a living and get paid for it. And that's something I always dreamed of. And so, um, there were, there was some down times in there where, you know, I thought I should be in the NBA and I wanted to keep trying. And then you got cut and things didn't work out the way you wanted to. But, um, I think I just had a moment where I was like, okay, like, I'm I'm getting to play basketball professionally and I'm getting paid for it. And I'm getting to see, um, parts of the world that I've never thought I would see never imagined that I would see and um just kind of enjoy it and so I I think about my third year that was my first year in Germany I like okay like I'm not not that I'm not I'm putting the NBA to the back but if they call and I'm ready if not I'm gonna really 100% focus on going overseas and uh yeah that first that first year in Germany was was amazing we had a good team had a good coach and uh second year we won a championship and it kind of just kind of blossom in this relationship where um, we wanted to keep the team together and keep some of the same players. And uh, <laughs> 15 years later, I end up, you know, retiring. 
retiring there and um, being part of the history of that club. Yeah. It's funny too, because, you know, I, I have, I have teammates that went on to play overseas, Ricardo Ratliff's in Korea and mm -hmm. kind of seems to you. He's been over there since, you know, 2013, um, has citizenship over there. One of the best players in Korea. Um, and Marcus Denman has, has had a great professional career. Now he's bounced around a little bit. He's yeah. kind of most recently. Um, but I, you know, you, you hear stories from them sometimes of just spots that they maybe you know, early on right out of college. Playing overseas, it's all about finding the right spot, right? If you can own the right team, the right organization, um, and not be kind of pulled in different directions, uh, or sometimes lied to a lot. Yeah. You hear a lot of bad stories about playing overseas. Your experience at Oldenburg in, in Germany, I mean, to play that many years, your numbers retired. Um, you know, I think there was billboards of you up everywhere. I mean, like, that's got to be, you know, such an amazing story for someone that maybe views overseas as, oh, I got to be in the G League or I got to, you know, continue to chase my dream. And you don't want to tell anybody to not chase their dream, but right. there are great leagues overseas. And like you said, you can have a great career and, and you can make money being a professional basketball player overseas. Yeah, definitely. I'm, I'm, I'm like, I'm thankful of the, the decision I made to kind of go in. And, um, I always say people ask me like about my journey and I'm like, well, this was for me, this would work best for me. Um, for me, it was important to have my family with me and, uh, sure. There were opportunities along the way where I could have went to a different country and maybe made a little bit more money, but you know, was it safe for my family? Did I want my kids? in that environment, a different country. Um, and so, you know, I was always thankful that Oldenburg was always there and even the German league was there. And, um, it was just a great experience. And I, I think the one thing that I tried to do and my wife helped me is just like, I just tried to enjoy being in Germany. Like it, it wasn't Detroit. It wasn't what I was used to. It's not America. It's something completely different, but you know, just try to make the best of it and enjoy the customs. And, you know, we did a good job of traveling to places that were close to us and, and just trying to get the whole European experience. And, um, I think that's part of what made that, that journey special because I, I, did, I wasn't saying I was going to play here for one year and then go back to NBA or play here and bounce around because that wasn't my path. I wanted to, you know, to kind of build something possibly with one team and you know i was able to do that and now it's this to the point where you know i still have a relationship with the club and with the city and i go back often to do kind of some things for the club and um be an ambassador and do some camps and my kids have friends there they grew up there so it's oldenburg ended up being a very special place for us and so um you know like i said earlier i'm, I'm very glad of the decision i made to to kind of you know, focus on overseas and, and make Oldenburg my home. Yeah. I still think it's pretty special that you were drafted by your, your hometown team too. I think that's something that's probably yeah. to say. Not a lot of people get to say that. And, um, yeah, your point about getting drafted to a really good team. Um, I, Marcus Denman was the same way. He, he went 59. I know he went 54. Um, and he went to Spurs and you know, that they were, that was in their peak right there. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> I remember, you know, him saying like, I, I, you know, he, he had a chance. I mean, he, he was great in summer league. I know you had a great summer league as well that summer right after you were drafted. Um, but it's, it's just tough too. It's great when you get, you know, drafted by championship teams, but um, it can make it a little challenging. You're listening to the fastest growing sports media network in Kansas City, KC Sports Network. 
We'll be back right after this. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Entertain, educate, inform. KC Sports Network. Um, the last question I have for you is is um, you know, you coming back, you know, to Kansas City, which I'm very happy about that you're you're in KC. Um, you got to go back and and be in Mizzou Arena and and be around the, the former guys from different eras and you know see Coach Gates and and you know watch watch the, us have a huge winning against Iowa State with with the arena packed. I'm just curious what you what you see from this team so far in, in year one with Dennis Gates and um, just kind of what your your overall thought and impressions are from from Coach Gates here in his first year. Man, I I love everything that he's doing with the team. I think uh, I first of all I was just excited just to be able to watch watch Mizzou and just be yeah. in the arena and experience that because I haven't that was like this year is the first time I've been to a game since I was playing and so that was that was just amazing just to be back on campus and be in Mizzou Arena and experience that um, I I love the guys I love the way they play uh, before the season started I got to watch a practice. And uh, just to see how uh, Coach Gates and his staff operate and see how the guys respond to it. And, you know, went to some games early on in the season where they were, you know, not playing the best competition, but, you know, you could see the way they wanted to play and um, them kind of figuring it out and just seeing them. And then went to KU game, and that was a different, you know, it was a different level that they, that they had experienced. But, you know, they bounced back and they stayed true to who they were. They didn't panic. I think that's the most impressive thing I say with Coach Gate is um, he doesn't seem to panic on the sideline. He doesn't seem to, uh, you know, he kind of just sticks to his guns and sticks to his philosophy. And I think, you know, it's consistency for the guys and, you know, whoever's, whoever's on the night, that's who gets to play. And I think they have a pretty good rotation of guys and seem like guys that have, pretty good character I met him a couple after the games um but I just I love the way they compete especially defensively um of course they can get high from the three and uh do some amazing things they got some great talent but for me it's how they compete defensively how they stay together and like I said before they they don't seem to panic even after a loss uh they come back usually come back the next game and they you know they're the same team and they play the same way so it's impressive to me as a fan, and I think, you know, you see why the sold-out arenas, the fans also love the, what, what Coach Gates is doing too. I lied, I had one more because I get asked this, and particularly once NIL came into college athletics, 
I was asked, you know, what, what group of guys or, or what team or what player that's, you know, gone and done, you know, that has left Mizzou and gone on to other things, who would, uh, who would benefit the most from NIL? And I look at your guys's team with Kareem and AJ. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you guys had it humming with, with coach Q, um, what did you make of college basketball now? You know, now that <laughs> after you look at your career plan and your career as a college player and recruitment and what that was like, it's a lot different now. Transfer portal's different. Like, yeah. what do you make of all this uh, in today's college basketball? <laughs> I'm a little jealous, man. Right. I'm probably getting everything. You know, me too. Seeing the locker room and all the stuff that they have is just amazing. But I'm also happy for them. You know, this. Uh, you know, for the most part, the guys work hard and they deserve all the stuff. And hopefully, they they take advantage of it and they really appreciate it. Um, you know, the NIL. I'm just I'm on the outside, so um, I think it can be a positive thing, and I think it can do some some good things for the student athletes. Um, I don't know a whole bunch about it. Um, I know for some people, it just seems like college players are getting a bunch of money, or but uh, I know there's a reason behind it, and I. You know, I see the idea, and I I think um, the guys we have in Columbia are a good group of guys, and I think they deserve, you know, everything that they get. Um, I think they, you know, they're like I said, they're great guys, and um, but yeah, I am I am jealous, but also I I wouldn't want to. I think I like the the era I was in in college. I didn't I didn't feel like I needed a lot. You know, I was. You know, a lot of the kids around me, a lot of other college students were um, ramen noodles and going to the cafeteria and, and you know, eat Pop-Tarts and things like that. So I, I enjoyed that that aspect of college. And so um, I'm happy for these guys. It would have been nice maybe to to have, you know, some of the rules be a little bit looser than when, when we were in school. Um, but, um, yeah, it's... You know, I, I think it can be a good thing as far as, you know, getting recruits and keeping things a little bit more competitive. But um, for me in my time, I'm I'm happy of the era I was in, but um, also a little bit jealous. But I, I think those guys, uh, they deserve everything they get. I'd be remiss if I didn't say this, and I haven't told you this story before, but I'm in middle school watching you play. There's a Big 12 tournament in Dallas. I was in Kansas City, and I was watching you game. I always love to go down my parents' driveway. That's why I love the basketball, right? Like you, you could have a ball go out of your parents' driveway. You didn't need, you know, someone else to throw you a ball or play catch yeah. ball. So I, that's why I love basketball. But I I wasn't near even close the athlete you were, the player you were, but I envisioned being Ricky Paulding out in my apartment. <laughs> and I've told you I've had friends before that grew up watching Mizzou that uh I've always said you're their their favorite player. And I told them that you know, you were going to join us on the podcast and, and, uh, you, you got a lot of, a lot of people in your, in your corner that, that just grew up watching you. And I just thank you for, for everything you did for Mizzou. And you're a role model to a lot of people, including myself. And I ended up playing at Mizzou. So it's, it's just a, an honor to get to chat with you today and hear about your, your unbelievable career. One you should be proud of, um, and appreciate all you do for, for the school. Um, just being a legend of the program. Thanks, man. Um, it's an honor. I'm, uh, you know, going to Mizzou is one of the best decisions I've made. Uh, and I actually have an opportunity to make decisions. Um, and, uh, I'm, I'm so proud to, to be a tiger, even living in Kansas city. There's a lot of Jayhawks around here, but, um, I'm proud of that decision. Um, raising some, some tigers in the house, 
Right. That's right. Um, but yeah, man, it's, it's amazing. And, um, there are a lot of guys that are at Mizzou that are older players that were around Columbia and they really helped, you know, give us game about, you know, how to maneuver around the college basketball stuff and, um, how to be a good student athlete. And so, uh, I'm thankful for all the people that were in Columbia when I was there. And, uh, I'm excited of where the program is going and hopefully I can get to a lot more games. Hopefully you get some pickup going too, man. That's right. I was going <laughs> to say, and I know you're, you're not done. I, 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 I still saw your clips even in your last, I think it was your last year. You still had the same bounce that you had in college. I know you will say you you'll say you lost the stem. I don't think you did. I, I don't think you did. You could have you could have been Tom Brady of German when you were forty five. The difference was I was a lot a lot more sore after the games than I was when I was younger. That's right. You're probably playing playing a, a little bit more games too than than seventeen. So yeah, a little bit more, a little different, a little different. Well, Ricky, appreciate the time, man. Thanks for jumping on. Uh, good luck, everything. So glad you're back in Kansas City and uh, look forward to, to seeing you around Mizzou more often. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Don't forget to hit that follow button and leave us a review if you like what you heard and think others would as well. You can find all six of our channels at KCSN. Covering the Chiefs, the Royals, Sporting KC, and the KC Current. Plus KU, K-State, or Mizzou. By searching KCSN wherever you listen to podcasts. We're also on YouTube. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network.